You're listening to the Small Moves Podcast. Small steps for big progress. With your host, Jason Hertzberger. Your next step starts now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. This is the Small Moves Podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Hertzberger. Today, we're going to be interviewing Dr. Pam Woodward. Dr. Pam is a chiropractor based in Baltimore, Maryland. She's a graduate of Life University in Marietta, Georgia, and she happens to be my personal chiropractor, and same with my wife, Carrie. Um, Dr. Pam and I had a really great conversation on this episode about the history of the chiropractic business, where it came from, sort of its current state of, uh, let's just say, interesting uh, characters trying to sort of take the industry in a couple of different directions and also sort of the, the, the validity of the science itself. And, um, one of my favorite parts of the conversation is sort of the, uh, the comparison that we do between what is sort of placebo effect, something that's actually, um, claimed quite often with people that, um, aren't particular fans of the chiropractic industry, uh, the placebo effect versus what is real, health or real science. Um, my, my opinion is pretty pragmatic on this topic, as you'll hear in the episode as it comes about. But I had a lot of fun with this conversation. Dr. Pam is really entertaining to chat with. And I really hope you guys all get something out of this episode. If you have any comments about it, feel free to log on to the show's uh, show notes page and let me know what you think. And with that, let's get to the interview. Here we go. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and you're listening to the Small Moves Podcast, small steps for big progress. Let's prepare to ignite. Hey, Dr. Pam, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. No problem. Um, you and I were talking offline about uh, sort of the history of chiropractic, and I, I want to get into that a little bit because the it, it, has, it has a... Decor- let's just call it a decorative past. <laughs> That's um, kind. Thank you. Yeah. So the <laughs> like, I hate to kind of jump jump right into it, yeah. but the um, the 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 main thing that I want the audience to be able to get out of this show is not not just from the perspective of chiropractic, but mm-hmm. generally being able to take care of themselves. Um, like for and I mentioned on the intro that you are my personal chiropractor, same with my wife as well. So you know I'm familiar with the with your process, but for someone who isn't, or for someone who hasn't worked in worked with chiropractic um, to this point, I mean, what the it it hasn't been around terribly long, has it? I mean, no, just, it's just comparatively for, comparatively to other. Kind of Eastern and Western medicine. Eastern, of course. Right. It, it was like Eastern, Eastern medicine's five million years old or whatever it might be. But um, right. So, yeah. So what, I mean, give it, give us a little bit, little bit of the history. I, I'm aware, but some right. people that are listening might not be aware. Okay. So I mean, we like to toot our own horns and say that uh, Hippocrates was on top of this when he said, "Look well to the spine for the cause and cure of disease." Um, so we like to throw back to that, but. If you are going strictly by the the books, uh, chiropractic itself only started in the late 1800s, 1895-ish, if I am not mistaken, when uh, D.D. Palmer, the founder and father of chiropractic, he um, performed the first recorded chiropractic adjustment um, on a man called, called Harvey Lillard. And uh, he actually, the thing that a lot of people don't know is the purpose or the intended result, I guess, of the adjustment um, or manipulation manipulation of the spine to move the bone back into place was not for pain relief. It was not for, um, you know, improving muscle tone or anything like that, but he wanted to put the bone back into place because Harvey Lillard was deaf um, for years and years and years, and he basically tried everything else, and uh D.D. Palmer was like, hey, can I can I give this a shot, essentially? Sure. And, like, uh, it was like, nothing else is working, so what, what the hell? Sure. Yeah, so he, as legend has it, uh, he adjusted Harvey Lillard's neck. We don't know which segment specifically. That is a point of great contention uh, in the literature. But, I'd imagine. Um, he adjusted Harvey Lillard and 
as legend would have it, Harvey Lillard's healing was restored and thus chiropractic was born. Um, and from that time, it was developed further. Dee Dee Palmer had a son named BJ Palmer. And if Dee Dee Palmer was kind of, you know, out there and on eccentric. the realms of society, BJ Palmer was eccentric and has, I am told, uh, not afraid to to tell you about it either so <laughs> he would he, there was nothing that would get in between bj and chiropractic chiropractic was he, he it's not he always was very very sure to say that it wasn't curing anything it was basically just getting to the root of the problem sure. and the old adage for chiropractors is healing comes from above down inside out understanding the concept of Universal intelligence, however you define that. Some chiropractors will take that to mean God. Some will take that to mean, you know, just the infant wisdom of the universe itself, just the tendency of things to organize over chaos. But basically, the ability to heal is not so much anything that you're putting in from the outside, but more that you're removing any interference from the inside doing its work, so. or just fighting, or fighting nature itself. Exactly. It's like how, it's like how much of the how much of the cause of injury is just you know gravity affecting right. the body over the span of 20, 30, 40, 50 years exactly. and not doing anything to try and counter it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Doing that or, you know, doing things that you were not necessarily intended to do, whether that be sitting for eight hours a day at your job yeah. or whether that be eating food that's been processed until it's not food anymore or yeah. being exposed to smog on a regular basis, being under the stress of a, you know, what his daily life here in yeah. 2017. <laughs> The, the 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 what has become expectation of women to walk to walk with their heels four inches exactly. above their toes. I'm not setting a good example all day. today. <laughs> it's like all, it's like all day long running running around an office because exactly that's great for the that's great for the back and that's great for the feet. exactly. Yeah. So the understanding <laughs> is kind of that we are doing these things to ourselves on a regular basis. So what chiropractic aims to do is take out some of the noise and basically just let the nervous system do what it's supposed to be doing, what it was designed to do. Try, sure. however you define that. The more reputable side of chiropractic. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the more, yeah. the those of us that kind of are, are able to admit that it's not all about us fixing anything. It's just us letting your body do what it needs to do yeah it's like it's like as, as opposed to like it's like let, let it's like let us let us adjust your spine and oh by the way we have the essential oils and oh by the way we have this machine that we can do a series of back 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 treatments on you but you have to do it a minimum of 40 treatments and it's 700 dollars a treatment and whatever but i swear that it's going to the the water gets very muddy yeah and yeah and i haven't i i've had a similar i've had a similar experience with let's just say more colorful members members of your profession (laughs) uh before i found you which started out all all nice and seemingly above board and whatever and then once you get beyond you know appointment number 10 15 20 whatever it is yeah like the suggestions for the alternatives start to come and they start to get a little crazier and um one of the most exciting things about our relationship is that you know it's been over a year and we haven't gone there yet which is very (laughs) which is thoroughly exciting for me (laughs) i um, (laughs) i i do think that a lot of the problem comes into play with, you know, a lack of explanation for anything that, you know, a a doctor of any sort really prescribes. It's a problem of informed consent in my book. So if you just say to someone, oh, you have to do this or you should be doing this or you should try this. I, that, that's where my biggest issue lies. Um, my background prior to chiropractic, I was Mm. a chemistry and biochemistry major. So, um, you know, for me, the research is is very important. What does the research support? And if you can walk me through at least the theory behind what you're doing and why you think that this is a good idea and explain to me my alternatives and what my other options are, then I'm going to be much more inclined. So as you've come to know, I tend to err on the side of over-explaining what sure. my recommendations are. And I noticed that in the first appointment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I talk a lot. Um, <laughs> so basically, I, I think that where my profession and other professions, um, not just within you know the so-called alternative medicine realm, but even sure. within traditional medicine the problem comes into play when 
the the explanation is not there. Sure. And whether it's a matter of people being lazy or people being uninformed or just going with the flow because it's what we've always done and it's just how we do it. Sure. Um, you know, I think they forget that your your patients don't see this every single day. You might yeah. see it a hundred yeah. times a day. You might go through, you know, oh, you have to stretch this muscle or that muscle a hundred times a day. But your patient, that's the only time they're hearing it. They, hear, they, 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 they just heard that for the first time. Right. Whereas like, which get, brings to the point, the other reason could just be, frankly, arrogance. It's like, <laughs> hey, I went to school for this. Right. Very Why are you? Yeah. It's like, I went to school for this. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm talking about. You should just sit down, shut right. up, and do what I tell you. And in the age of Dr. Google, that's not really <laughs> an option, particularly for, with my generation moving forward. And I think that that is where there's kind of a generational divide. I think that a lot of my younger colleagues um, that are just getting into the field, we are more inclined to expect the difficult questions or expect that we're going to have to, you know, lay out our care plan with more of a conversational expectation sure. um, as opposed to a, a, you know, this is what you're going to do and this is why you're going to do it. Um, yeah. You know, and I, whenever I kind of lay out what I recommend for my patients, I am very quick to say, you know, this is, this is what I would recommend, but I recognize that you have a life outside of your chiropractic care. Um, and that while I find this to be an incredibly important part of taking care of yourself, um, and a relatively easy part of taking care of yourself, um, you know, there's going to be other things that come up. So I'm here basically to serve you. I am employed by you to take care of you. So, you know, I will, I try to meet my patients where they're at. Some people just want to come in, they have pain relief and and that's it for them. And they'll be back the next time they're injured. Some people see it like I do more of a preventative care type aspect. So let's get ahead of our issue. Let's get ahead of the gravity. I know that I drove in a car for five (laughs) hours this weekend and that can't have possibly have been good for me. Or I know I just delivered a baby that was probably stressful. That probably did something to the alignment of my bones. Right. So let's not wait until we're at catastrophic failure, you know, 10 years from now, let's, let's try and get ahead of it. And so, but you know, again, it's all about meeting your patients where you are. And if, you know, some people are not willing to compromise on that. And, you know, that has to do with their own morals and their own representation. But I'm of the camp personally, that if I do my job well enough, and I explain why I'm doing what I'm doing well enough, then the likelihood of someone continuing care, like I would recommend, is is better than it typically would be. So. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's the all the all the points that you just brought up were what touched the entire range of how we came to work with each other. Mm-hmm. It's like my it's like my wife was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um for with and the, for the for the audience my wife Carrie, she was she was interviewed on episode 1 of this show. So if you haven't if you guys haven't heard that yet, go back and have a listen. Um it's actually been the bit, the highest downloaded episode that we've put out so far, which is exciting for me. <laughs> um but yeah, so she was pregnant with our second child at the time, um Ada and Ada was giving mommy the back pain uh that our first daughter had given her as well and it was just it was torturous and there the doctors didn't want to do anything or couldn't do anything or were unwilling to do anything because obviously she's pregnant like they can't give her it's like they can't give her pain medication when she's pregnant they like generally speaking when it comes to physical therapies like most of them won't touch a pregnant woman that when it comes to Massage therapy, most massage places, very rarely will they work with people that are pregnant. Or if they do, it's one person that's in the practice. They think they're going to break them a lot. Exactly. (laughs) Rarely a deep tissue massage. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, okay, let me just, you know, lightly rub your back for an hour. I'm like, helpful, thank you. My husband can do that without paying $85. (laughs) Um, but so she ended up coming with you to to work on that and she had tremendous success with it and then, and then me i i came because i have somewhat of a habitual you know sciatic nerve problem that i've had dating back to high school that periodically flares up and i've i've done physical therapy before nothing happened i've seen my doctor nothing happened we finally got around to the point to doing an MRI on my back to discover that we've got some bulging and slipped discs in there. Um, but again, it's the, the under the quote unquote traditional medical model. If I am not 
actively in pain when I go see my doctor, doctors won't do anything. Doctors won't prescribe any treatments, even if it's physical therapy. That's been my experience dating back to 1999 when I got out of high school. And so for 17, 18 years now, wow, 17, 18 years since high school. Anyway, I'm not going to have that conversation right now. That's a different podcast. Yeah, that's a different podcast where I just drink wine and cry. But anyway... um, the, yeah, so that, that's been a problem that I've had. The only the only relief that I've been able to get has been from getting adjusted on a re, on a relatively frequent basis, consistently over time. Um, sometimes my problem flares up six, seven times a year. Sometimes it's two or three times a year. But when it happens, it varies in severity from complete incapacitation for three to five days. Sometimes it takes two weeks. And the only time in that 18-year 18 18-year <laughs> 18 span that I haven't had any flare-ups whatsoever is when I was regularly being treated for chiropractic. Mm-hmm. Now, that brings me to what a lot of people think about chiropractic, which is, well, what what is that really that's holding that off? Is that the, you know, the the all-consuming placebo effect that people mm-hmm. always talk about, which any anyone that knows anything about modern medicine pretty much applies to anything outside of a surgical scalpel, mm-hmm. um, whether that be all the way down to taking aspirin for a headache all the way up to, you know, chiropractic or the, the, chiropractic, aromatherapies, massage therapy, you know, acupuncture, acupressure, Anything, like mm-hmm. anything. It's like, it's like, oh, well, what you're feeling is just placebo effect. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what, are, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, uh, my, 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 my knee-jerk reaction when it comes to placebo effect is maybe this is placebo. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I mean, that's my, I mean, the, yeah. what, do, do, I, do I wish that, you know, you could show me, you know, you could show me double-blind studies showing that, <laughs> Someone with this exact condition did that. <laughs> yeah, and we can get into the research behind yeah. behind or lack of research behind right. chiropractic. Uh, um, yeah, there's not exactly a ten billion dollar research budget from NIH on chiropractic. If anyone would like to set set that up for us, I'd be happy to to take the lead on that. I'm uh, all for that. Anyone yeah. listening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, chiropractic and the placebo effect is a it's it's a it's a long-standing relationship between the two and uh it is it's it's a punch to the gut especially for new chiropractors that don't have a thick skin yet you know when you have your miracle case and you're like this patient was on the verge of surgery and they came in and got adjusted and now they're walking and pain-free and it's this beautiful moment you're so excited for them to go back in to their medical doctor and the medical doctor is like wow this is amazing you don't qualify for surgery anymore what have you been doing it's working and then they say well i've been seeing my chiropractor and all of a sudden it's like lights off shut down and that's just a coincidence and you're like oh and it's like but uh like you know everyone from you know colleagues in the medical field to my own mother has been like why didn't you become a real doctor and i'm like my student loan debt tells me otherwise it's like Like, because a i loved organic cam right um and and b a quarter million dollar a quarter million dollar you know education bill not that exciting for me right so i mean Um, you know i you're outraged initially that everything that you do is oftentimes it seems more highly scrutinized than um than our colleagues in the medical field and it's not i should say that you know nowadays it is starting to to take a little bit more ground and there aren't quite as as many people that will just write off what we do as coincidence there are more and more doctors that medical doctors that will recommend chiropractic as an option, um, as an alternative or as a, you know, last ditch attempt before surgery to attempt to stave off the scalpel. Um, but you know, I have the luxury of having spent time in chiropractic school where you sit down and you learn subluxation theory and you learn the mechanics of how the spine works and, 
you know, it gets to a point where for me, it's like, how can you not realize that having two bones that should be stacked on top of each other one way when they're not stacked on top of each other that way, that that's going to cause a problem. <laughs> so by putting them back on top of each other the way that they're supposed to be, of course this person would would see improvement. Um, you know, it's... Yeah. Maybe not knowing what that improvement would be. Right, exactly. But all yeah. we know is like, all we know, again, kind You're of... Getting, better off, yeah. Yeah, it's like, what, it was like whatever whatever you feel about the, the, the process of chiropractic, if one bone is over here and one <laughs> bone is over here and they're supposed to be here, right. bringing them back here... right isn't going to kill you. Right. Like, it's probably going to help. <laughs> to help, exactly. How is it going to help? We Remains don't know. to be seen. And that, that is where... That gets back, that that gets that... back to the $10 billion NIH research oh, budget. Oh, gosh, please. But, yeah, so... Um, yeah, I... You know, it... For, for chiropractic, it does come down to the research. And it comes down to the fact that we are playing catch-up with, with the research. We started, as I said earlier, with a very clinical situation like a single case study if you will of one person having one adjustment and having one result and that you know makes for a nice short paper and that's adorable yeah but, it's very cute but yeah. it's not applicable across a you know population or a yeah. demographic um so it comes down to us with trying to assemble that that demographic or trying to to put together you know a study that will give us the research to support what we're seeing every single day and that's that patients are improving and it's maybe you know you have to in my opinion take a look at it from multiple standpoints so where the placebo effect comes in is oftentimes a subjective response now obviously you can't 100% isolate the subjective from the objective because if somebody is in pain it's going to affect Everything about them is going to affect sure. their posture. It's going to affect their speech patterns. It's going to affect, affect their energy levels. Their mood. Their whatever. mood, exactly yeah. how they treat everyone else around them. It just, yeah. you can see, I can see, or I can see, I, I have to remind myself that not everyone does this every single day, but most people can see someone walking down the street and be like, oh, that person is hurting. Yeah, they're like, in pain. Oh, they yeah. are hurting. So, whether, you know, whether they're walking funny or they have a grimace on their exactly, face, like, exactly. It's like it's you know it's eight, it's it's seventy eight degrees and bright blue skies and a nice cool breeze, and that person's walking down the street looking pissed. Right. So, I'm like something's wrong. Exactly. Like there's something there. So the fact yeah. of the matter is, you can't one hundred percent isolate a subjective appearance from an objective appearance, but the subjective is is very important, and in some cases you know, people could argue more important than the objective experience. And an example of that would be that you could put up 10 films of a low back with herniated discs, and they could all look exactly the same on film. But you could have 10 entirely different subjective experiences with relation to that film. You could have someone that has no pain whatsoever. You could have someone that is barely able to get up and walk. So, <laughs> I was going to say, you might be familiar with as I As I'm sitting here raising my hand. Right. Yeah. So, you know. it depends on the day. It depends it, on the day. It depends yeah. on the person. And again, it depends on perhaps to some effect, the, the placebo effect, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so for me, I take my, my patient's subjective reports very, very seriously. Because if I'm telling someone, if I can go in and analyze their spine, I see their posture is perfect and they're, um, they don't have any indicators that there's any bone that needs adjusting. But if they're still telling me that they're in pain, you know, have I done my job to the best of my ability? As a chiropractor, maybe, but as a doctor, probably not. It's mm -hmm. my job then to figure out what this person needs to make that leap and it might be outside of my scope it might be that now i need to refer to a psychologist or a psychiatrist do i need to refer to an internist do i need to refer to an acupuncturist like where is that missing piece my job as a doctor does not stop once the chiropractic ends um in my book so you know not that we should ever write off the objective, but the subjective is is incredibly important. And the placebo effect, as I understand it, is something that's been very well documented and 
you know, you have to you have to account for it in any type of medical study that you do, whether it be traditional medicine or chiropractic medicine or acupuncture or massage, whatever whatever it happens to be. Um, however, I can't think of any studies that have shown that the placebo effect and chiropractic are are level. And I could be wrong. Maybe I just haven't looked at the right studies. But <laughs> the um, subjective improvement with the placebo effect in a sham group. Um, is not necessarily equal to the improvement subjectively noted in a group that's getting chiropractic care. Um, so there is subjectively some difference between placebo and chiropractic on the limited studies that exist regarding chiropractic care. Now, we kind of run into an issue that is slightly different with chiropractic than with traditional medicine in that um, – you know, there's a huge, huge variety of chiropractic techniques from the traditional, what everyone expects from a chiropractor, twisting, cracking, popping, you know, elbow dropping, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, like, you know, which, which a lot of people don't expect from me personally uh, at all of five foot one on a good day. Um, you know, a lot of people don't see that coming, but I have patients that prefer to be adjusted that way to my preferred type of adjusting, which is very, very gentle instrument assisted um technique uh, where it's all about speed over mass to generate the same amount of force to get to the bone um, to techniques that are even less invasive um, that involve the motion of the cerebrospinal fluid as it works around the brain and spinal cord that involve the tension along the dural lining, which is the basically the casing for your nervous system. Um, you know, so there's a whole variety of effects. And then, you know, there's the other end of chiropractic that's even lower force that, you know, there is actually, there are studies, one of the largest chiropractic studies involve network spinal analysis, which is a, an incredibly low yeah, force what's, technique. What's it is, oh, it's the hardest thing to explain. Um, basically it, it looks like you're basically just kind of gently pressing on the skin and then the patient is moving and turning and twisting. It's basically you're working rather than kind of forcing a bone back into place. You're finding a place where the bone is actually already in the right spot and using that sort of to unwind the tension along the system like a spring. Around it. Okay. Yeah. So it's basically like looking at the lining of that spinal column as being over tightened and you're moving in and basically finding the right spot to push on to sort of let it untwist. It is fascinating to watch and it is an incredible experience to be adjusted that way. Um, but <laughs> if you have no background in chiropractic and are a bit of a skeptic, uh, it's an interesting place to, to get started. To, to get started. However, <laughs> one of the largest, largest, um, studies ever done in chiropractic as far as like just chiropractic for general wellness is actually performed with uh, network spinal analysis. And when you're working with some of these lighter force techniques, um, even an activator, the theory stands that how do you, how do you mimic that in a study? How without actually affecting this patient. So mm-hmm. even if I set my activator, uh, my instrument that I use to adjust, even if I set that all the way on its lowest setting. It's still going to have an effect. And I go in and adjust, like, you know, or, or not adjust because this patient is in the sham group, but, like, put that on a patient, you're still introducing an impulse into the now, when you say sham, effect. For, for people that are listening, the sham group, you mean like if you're talking about like a double blind right, exactly. type of a study. There's one group that's the, going to get an adjustment. There's one group that's going to be there that look like they are. They may they or are, may not, not be getting an adjustment. Yeah, like and, if force is being applied to your body, right. that's not something that you can fake. Like right. it's, a, it's, a, it's, in, it's like Exactly. It's in, it, yeah. you, you have to apply a certain amount of force to show that like that patient is, remains blind in the study. It's going to be like, no one touched me. You know, it's not <laughs> unless you're doing, you know, but even again, we're wandering into that area that people start getting nervous about. But like Reiki is, you know, there are studies on Reiki and it's used in cancer centers across America for management of your patient. And there's no contact in that. That is you know, working with energy fields. So again, there is, I know, I know we're, we're, we're wandering down that road. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you know, we can't definitively say that you're not affecting the patient. So there's already some gray area there. 
sure. where how placebo is your placebo effect. It's it's complicated. Um, yeah. And it's not it's not as simple as take this sugar pill, take this you sure. know, actual medicine, and then let's see what happens. Yes. Is that, yeah. Yeah. When it when it comes, it, it's a it's it's like trying to do a mm-hmm. double blind study on physical therapy. Right. It's like with how do you mask the the blind side exactly. that that's getting the placebo? Like, do you do you hit the, the do you hit the wrong vertebrae? Do right. You go, oh, gosh. Do you try to pretend and go with the other knee? Like, right. how, like how do you do that without them right. knowing? Or how do you ethically do it without? hurting them. right and, and that's just, yeah. that's and that's, that's a limitation i mean exactly i see how that's a limitation research. on the research yeah. exactly it's it's very complicated and you know the fact of the matter is that it's just like you can have 10 different mris that look exactly the same with different subjective appearances you can have 10 different patients get adjusted and have completely different responses sure. based on this their their lives yeah. leading up to this do yeah. they have extra this, stress were they tense this, were this they... one this one just got a promotion at work this one just got into a right. just got into a punching match with his brother exactly. this one just fought with his wife exactly there and, are you know. so many things and you've got 10 different adjusters that are coming in and even doing it 10 and different ways exactly yeah. or you know so there are so many variables speak to that for a second because yeah. that's something that i that's that i'm i'm most curious about because mm-hmm. you went to life university i did there are there are others yes <laughs> um how how tightly governed or why isn't the pra- the practice of chiropractic oh, more gosh. tightly governed or or, should it, or a better question is 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 the term chiropractic trademarked for like for lack of a better term like is that is that term oh, man. O- owned by <laughs> how much time do we have yeah it's like is that group is that title owned by a group oh. that says you can't call yourself a chiropractor unless you have unless you practice within these boundaries and right. that kind of gets back to let's say some of the more colorful members of your profession like well they're chiropractors too right by title they right. are chiropractors too they are doctors of chiropractic as well right how like it seems and like you said there might be 10 different people that come in the door and they do adjustments 10 different ways right i'm not saying that's unlike medical doctors mm-hmm. like you you can say there's a reason medical doctors have like let's you know the the extent of my personal experience with medical doctors is watching TV shows <laughs> to a lot to a large extent, but right, from, right. from people that I know yeah. that are in the that are in the field, right. it's not unlike reality in yeah. that generally speaking they work in teams. Right, they work in teams on purpose so that you have very varying experience looking at right. the same thing and try to come up with a consensus for treatment. Right, that's the case. I'm sure with that seems to be the case with chiropractic. Like different people that went to school at different places practice different ways. So what what does that mean? So basically from the second we were founded, once it was no longer just DD, once you have your first class of chiropractors, everybody comes out and they start to modify what they're doing. And they're modifying it based on their own skill level as an adjuster. They're modifying it based on the patients that they're seeing. Um, And they're modifying it based on, you know, what they think or how they understand chiropractic theory to work. Um, so that being said, <laughs> the, the general trend among chiropractors is that, you know, we started from a showman and we be, continued to be showmen all the way through. So <laughs> we like attention as, as, a, as a rule. And um, so everyone wanted to name their technique after themselves. And oh, I could take my Woodward technique, which is just my one of my professor's techniques that I just torque just a little bit and then turn that into a marketable and seminar-based technique. Come take my 12-hour seminar on this technique, and it's different than anything you've ever done, and it'll change your patients' lives. Um, at $1,500 a person, exactly. of course. Yeah. I should get into that. Uh, um, but the fact of the matter is that the thing that makes chiropractic beautiful is its ability to be customized and to your specific patient and to your specific doctor and you know your ability to look at them as an individual spine that's going to have its own anatomical differences from the next spine that you're going to work with and um the thing about it is that 
no, nobody can quite agree at this point what chiropractic is. There are chiropractors that say if you work outside of the spine, then how can you call yourself a chiropractor? a chiropractor? How yeah. dare you work on the knees? Or there are people that, you know, take it one step further and say the only bone that I adjust is the top bone in your spine. BJ Palmer was a big proponent of adjusting the atlas, which is the top bone in your spine, um, there are chiropractors that that's all that they will work on. And if mm. you sort that out, that it, then everything else will work. And it sounds crazy until you look at the anatomy and you start to realize, oh, the nerves that are innervating the low back actually are the farthest out on the spinal cord at the top of the neck. So if you have a shift in the atlas, then it can put pressure and inform pressure the entire the low back. So, you know, it's it, there is some grounds for that. Um but the fact of the matter is that we can't agree on <laughs> where where our scope of practice ends, you know, and then it gets muddied further with the addition of physical therapy. Do you use modalities? Well, there are schools where, you know, if you say that you are going to do rehabilitation exercises on your patient, you're a mixer and get out of my presence. Um, <laughs> you know, there it's, it's a philosophical difference at that point. Um, and then there are the chiropractors that want to take it one step further and they want to do nutrition and they want to do dry needling and they want to do, you know, a million other things. And then there is the corner of the profession that is starting to gain some ground right now that wants prescription rights. And at that point, we have moved into this gray area that I we're, we're, we're going to lose our identity just because of the fact that we can't agree with each other of what on we are. What we are. Um, so as of right now... Um, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, on that gosh. Area, please on the, don't give me that responsibility. <laughs> yeah, just, well, I mean, I would say, I mean, the prescription right to me... Right. And this kind of gets back to my feelings on placebo versus not placebo. Absolutely. Which is the the authenticity of the recommendations mm-hmm. that are made by a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. Because you mentioned that people will be either honest or dishonest about their pain level. Right. But you you rely on the subjective about pain level. Mm-hmm. Well, so do pain doctors. Exactly. But if you're if you're a drug seeking, you know, if you're a drug seeking patient, for better or worse, if you're a drug seeking patient, mm-hmm. there's no benefit to telling you that their back still hurts. Right. You can't give them what they want. If you someone... can't give them what they want. Right. Like the, there's, you know, you can't give them that that hit of that hit of dopamine or right. that hit, that hit of their their opioid of choice. choice. Exactly. You don't have that ability. So right. odds are their subjective, you know, their subjective accounts will probably be closer to the truth mm-hmm. than they would be for someone that they know can just at the stroke of a pen make all of their all of their problems go away for a day exactly or two hours as the case may be so you know that was i just attended the um a big chiropractic research conference that was rolled into one of the national organizations of chiropractic of which there are Two, of course, because of course. chiropractors. Because <laughs> we still don't know what we, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. What, but they rolled this year's research conference into one of the. Um, and this was in Atlanta. This was in actually. This was in DC. DC. Okay. Um, it rolled it into their annual meeting and actually the World Federation of Chiropractors annual meeting as well. It was this huge conglomeration of of chiropractors with a variety of different backgrounds. But the overarching theme was like, "Hey guys, we're missing an opportunity here." to be those people that take over. There's obviously a gap in healthcare right now, which is helping to perpetuate the opioid epidemic. Absolutely. And there's no one to fill that gap, and it should be the chiropractors. It should be us. Mm-hmm. There, without a doubt. I don't think there's any chiropractor that disagrees with that, um, except for the fact that you know, there are people that would then pigeonhole us into just being pain doctors and yep. the philosophical sets um, and that I tend to side with on a certain level is that, you know, we aren't here to manage your pain. I am just here to, again, put the bones back in alignment so your nervous system can do what it is supposed to do. Does that I'm typically... here to try and fix you so that you don't need. It's Slightly like, so different. Don't my need job is crack. to. Yeah. One step further back is my job isn't even to fix you. My job is to allow you to fix yourself, you know. So, and again, does that usually look like reduced pain? In the majority of my patients, absolutely. Sure. But, you know, what, what 
they worry about with going in all in on the pain management side of things of chiropractic is that once you start doing that, like that's it. That's like, all you it's are. It's the end of the road. Yeah. And because was, that's what and and not not to not to assign. It's like I don't like to assign motives behind anybody, mm-hmm. but you know I will. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more money in that. Like <laughs> the, wait, if you if you can you Order know if you can, if you can get adjusted for thirty five to fifty five to seventy five dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, times what? What's a typical What's a typical busy day for a practice? It depends. Thirty pa- thirty patients. Let's 80 say patients. yeah. Let's somewhere somewhere between thirty and hundred patients, depending on your practice. Sure. So you know, do the math. Like average average price point na- mm-hmm. nationwide forty five fifty dollars mm-hmm. times thirty yeah. to one hundred people. Exactly. That that equals X. You make money off of that. It's like, but you know, there's a prescription where the cost like the cost of issue, the revenue to issue that is. You know, three hundred to fifteen hundred dollars per patient mm-hmm. times. Say I convince fifty percent of my patients that 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 solution would be better for them. Mm-hmm. I just centupled my profits by not seeing any more patients. Right. But you know what? It's for the patient's good. It's it's really for the, <laughs> it's really for it's really for what's best for them. Right. Oh yeah. I'm yeah, like yeah. not to assi- like I said not to assign motives, but right. I will. Yeah. Um. You can't you can't ignore that as part of that argument, right? I mean, money does come into play, exactly. So sure. yeah, and it's there's... huge money. I mean, oh. ph- pharmacy like that. That's 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 what's become you know part of the biggest criticisms of Western medicine mm-hmm. of conventional medicine is Big it's pharma. become <laughs> so much overly focused on just you have this problem, take a pill. Right. Don't even touch. He's like, don't even touch the patient. Just right. give them a pill, and right. here it is. It's just. Right. Not all doctors are that way. No, of no, of course not. But, but it's, it, it's a problem right yeah. now, absolutely. And it, it's not even, nobody denies that it's a problem yeah. right now. And again, chiropractic is the alternative to, to that. The, to that, yeah. <laughs> We're too busy fighting with each other to, to get in there and actually God. do that. So, uh, you know, to, to answer your original question, that, that the background of chiropractic is, is muddy and... The reason that there are so many different chiropractors is because we've never, as a profession, really taken the time establish to, to establish ourselves. Yeah. And it's because, you know, we are oftentimes just individual practitioners. I'm here by myself in my office. You know, there are some slightly larger clinics, but it, you're not going to see too many chiropractic hospitals. There's like one sure. or two. But, like, the fact of the matter is that, you know, we we are isolated from each other for the most part on a regular basis and you know there are philosophy nights or state organizations but state by state it's different what does georgia need versus what does maryland need what are we seeing so you know it's it's a daunting task to think about coming up with a global definition of chiropractic. A global definition and global set of standards and you know again from having gone to that conference uh recently it's not looking good. Like, <laughs> there was a heated debate, you know, planned heated debate on the stage. And, you know, just in every break room, you could see people arguing your subluxation chiropractors versus your chiropractors that say, don't use that word. That's not a thing. You can't define it. And uh, we can't even, we can't even or there's the ones language. That, that defi- or, or there's ones that define it as, you know, as totally like the, there's the uh, textbook definition of, well, that means when the bone is twisted out of place, like that's never, ever, ever good. Right. So like, preaching is like, hey, let's do, like, right. let's take the bones and move them all around. I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, right. like that's not good. Like then there's that school, which is, right. a, that's there's, a three-headed model. Yeah. Exactly. So... You know, I don't know that we will ever be organized enough in and of ourselves to be able to really reach more than the three to ten percent of the population that we're seeing right now, um, and it will continue to inform the discord in the general population with regards to chiropractic and with regards to you know, oh, it doesn't actually do anything. I saw a chiropractor and it didn't help me at all. Well, which chiropractor did you see? How were they practicing? How what often did, they do? did you see them? What else were you doing while you were seeing your chiropractor? There's this huge list of questions that goes along with it, but the general population doesn't know to ask. To ask those questions, Unless sure. they're my crazy patients who are the most amazing people in the world who are like, <laughs> no, my chiropractor, they, she's different. And um, But that, again, leads to something slightly different, too. Chiropractic, it's not you have to try chiropractic. You have to see a chiropractor. It's you have to see 
my hey. chiropractor. Yeah. My chiropractor is the best. We haven't gotten beyond our little practices in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, it's it's more about... It's like, I had a terrible experience. It's like, oh, you just didn't go to the right one. And it's like, right. it's like you need to see mine, and mine is better. And right. Like, so it, until you got... And I'm a victim of that, too. Right. Like, I went, to, I, I went to one once. I had an initial somewhat positive experience, mm-hmm. and then it got a little creepy and hokey and... <laughs> Whatever, so it stopped, and then yeah. my problem came back, and I found, you know, and then I found you, and right. it, again, and things yeah. haven't yet gotten creepy. Yeah, <laughs> aim not to be creepy here. It's our office motto. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's there's so much that, that should be on a picture in front in front of a bald eagle <laughs> yeah, behind exactly. behind the desk as as clients walk in. It's like we're it's like we're not creepy. <laughs> I should I'm gonna work that in. That's great. Um, anyway. But the fact of the matter is that um, we're we have so much work to do as a profession. There's just so many growing pains, and again, we had said offline that um, medicine, as we understand it, Western medicine is. It's been developing from the dawn of time with, you know, herbs to, like, growing bacteria to, you know, pharmaceuticals, et cetera, et cetera. It just keeps developing. And a lot of the messiness was established before you had a lot of media. And chiropractic is, is it's a baby profession. It's so young. And um, our birthday's coming up, actually, uh, in this Two weeks from now. So um, the fact that we know when the birthday of chiropractic is is insane. It's insane. It's, it's In, new. Yeah. So, so it's, um, you know, it's one of those things where we're in the spotlight and we're hyper observed and, you know, we make our mistakes and people see them. See them, sure. So, you know, we're, we're, we're swimming upstream a little bit and working to dispel rumors in a way that, you know, not every other profession has had to do. Where again, it's not unique to chiropractic. There are sure. these arguments, and there are there's infighting in yeah, physical and, therapy. And and, 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 and do but do due to due to the massive budgets that you see in mm-hmm. in common mainstream medicine, if there is a if there is a bad outcome, mm-hmm. there's a lot of money behind the gag order that comes with the lo- the, right. the lawsuit against the hospital. It's right. like, hey, well, like, hey, we we know that there was a mistake. We know mm-hmm. that there's a pattern of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in return for this fifty million dollars settlement with you know you ten patients that all had this adverse outcome, mm-hmm. adverse outcome is a common term in, in modern medicine, which <laughs> is another way of saying dead. It's like yeah. dead accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in return for that. You can't say anything. You can't talk to the press. You right. can't tell your friends. You right. can't tell your parents. Right. You can tell no one what happened, why it happened, or how you got this money. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. That's not the case in chiropractic. Right. That level and of privacy. Well, the level of privacy is there. Right. With more, HIPAA. More but... in, with HIPAA, yeah. But that's new. HIPAA's new, right. really. It's very new. Yeah. Um, but, I mean. Sadly, it's new. It is, yeah. No, the, but the thing about it is, and the 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 interesting aspect of it is that you know medical mistakes uh, depending on what study you look at are one of the highest causes of mortality in the US but you don't hear about them every day what i sure. find it interesting is when there's an adverse effect or a there i am using that word <laughs> an adverse effect uh, as it possibly relates to chiropractic yeah, a 280 pound chiropra- chiropractor right. you know doing an elbow drop on a on a on a, on a 5 foot 110 pound woman and you know right um, but i mean you know when there is you know an adverse effect even adjacently related to chiropractic it's on every it's not only that but like we hear about it because our malpractice companies email every chiropractor can you imagine if you know anytime somebody died as a complication of surgery because somebody made a mistake or every surgeon everywhere got a memo right yeah like (laughs) missed a sign which you know obviously the the scary thing with chiropractic that everyone relates to and that i get the most questions about is chiropractic and stroke and the fact of the matter is that all of the research that has come out on chiropractic as it relates to stroke shows that there is no relation between the two. Um, you know, the problem comes down to a missing diagnosis that you missed a stroke in progress. And that's the, 
the likelihood of that happening at a chiropractor is the same as the likelihood of it happening at a PCP, primary care doctor. Yeah. It's just who are you used to seeing when you yeah. have the worst headache of your life? Do you yeah. go to your regular doctor or do you go to your chiropractor because that's who you've always gone to for your yeah. past headaches? So, yeah. Or you you know, you see your personal care provider once a year. You see right. your chiropractor. Yeah. So how, however often all you felt. Yeah. The, the research that does exist and there is actually significant and well, like, you know, like looked at and re-looked at and reviewed and reviews of systems and reviews of the literature on chiropractic at, as it relates to stroke. And it actually, the, the likelihood is somewhere in one in two million adjustments. So correlation versus causation. Right. So, but, yeah. you know, it happened recently that there was someone that had a stroke and they had seen their chiropractor but they had also had a major fall that day. But as <laughs> soon as this happened, my my uh, my malpractice insurance sent out an email. I had emails from colleagues that were like, "Hey guys, here's the research. Here's a, like instantaneously." Yeah. And but still, the negative blowback from that was significant enough that we had to arm ourselves with the research. We knew it was coming, but sure. you know, it's not something that you hear about with, you know, my colleagues in other, you know, specialties essentially. Sure. Um, so it's, it kind of works both ways. There's the understanding that chiropractic can ha- possibly help you feel better, but also chiropractic is the most dangerous thing in the world too. So it's like, how can you have it both ways? How can you say that we can only affect for the negative and we can't possibly affect, can't affect for the for positive? The positive. Sure. So that's, that's incredibly um, frustrating as well. So, you know, I mean, unless you're Jack the Ripper, but that, I mean, that's, yeah. I, I'm pretty strong, but I yeah. have yet to take off anyone's head in, yeah. in my experience as a chiropractor. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not a scythe over there hanging up on the wall. <laughs> no, just, no, 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 I don't use it for that purpose. I just no. harvest after hours. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's, for anyone listening, she was joking just then. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we have lots of stuffed animals and uh, children's books in office. No, no, um, no danger. All right, so that 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 brings me to the, the question: is it for the topic of the show? Really, mm-hmm. is the, in an ideal world, either people don't shouldn't need physical therapy mm-hmm. or shouldn't really, hopefully, need consistent interference from a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. Like what? For people that are listening that may be having some issues, whether it be coming to see a chiropractor or not, mm-hmm. like what are some things that you recommend for people to do sort of on a day-to-day basis that might kind of try and help keep them straight? Like for right. me, like for me, I, I'm sitting in my car mm-hmm. quite a bit mm-hmm. all day, every day, mm-hmm. and that has significant adverse effects on the human body. The, what, what do you recommend for somebody, for someone like me or right. for someone like... Short of coming in to a chiropractor, which I should, I'm going to be biased. Like I'm always going to tell you to take care of your spine. And if it, your spine was like your teeth and was on your face, you'd be seeing your chiropractor regularly. <laughs> Everybody would. Um, but, so, so all we have to do is like just skin the spine and yeah. just leave it exposed. <laughs> and it. like people would just do their job. But outside so, of my scope, outside of my scope. Yeah, back to the scythe, um, back to the scythe on the wall. <laughs> But the fact of the matter is that I think that the the biggest thing is just that, though, is recognizing that your spine is a vital part of your day-to-day life. And to my knowledge, we do not yet have a spinal transplant. We have spinal surgeries with varying levels of effect or effectiveness. Um, But you're you're stuck with the one that you have, essentially. So recognizing that you need to get ahead of that and and take care of it the same way you would take care of your your smile or take care of your eyes or, you know, just take care of anything that you do see on a regular basis. Um, So recognizing that, I think, is the most important thing in the world. Um, And then once you recognize, oh, this (laughs) this is something I need to take care of, recognizing the ways that you are not taking care of it. You know, oh, I probably should stop my car every hour and, you know, hour and a half, two hours. Stand up. You know, recognize like, oh, when I'm sitting at my desk, I'm like propping my head up on my hands. Like, this isn't good. Or I've been watching, you know, a marathon of Game of Thrones. I should probably move. Yeah, I should probably stand up and walk around. Exactly. Watch, watch the next like watch the next hour and twenty minute episode right. whilst 
standing or right. moving around the room right. or something. Yeah. And, you know, it seems like at the time such a burden. You're like, ugh, but, you know, it's so good. Like, why should I get up? Or I don't want to stop because I'm just going to get there later. Well, again, when you prioritize your your spinal health or spinal hygiene, as the case may be, um, you know, you recognize you, you you've got to think ahead. You've got to be future thinking and say, you know, it's a pain in the butt right now, but if I get in the habit of actually taking these breaks, it'll be second nature and I'm going to thank myself for it down the line, you know, or is it really that big of a deal or is it really that much of an issue to take a lap of my office every hour or so, you know, walk to and from the water cooler, keep an extra thing of water to keep hydrated on the desk. You know, it's these simple little changes that you can do, keeping in mind that it's not just, you know, oh, if I drink some water, my skin will be clearer. It's like if you drink some water, your muscles and your bones and your ligaments, you're just going to be better hydrated Hydrated, overall. And happy muscles are hydrated muscles. And, you know, it just – the little things that your mom and your, you know, yoga teacher have been yelling at you over the course of, you know, the decades actually does matter. You just need to recognize the aberrant patterns that you've gotten into – even just posturally, not even getting into stress and food and, you know, exercise. Just take a look at what how you're contorting your body on a regular basis, you yeah. know, as I'm sitting here with my legs crossed and tilted over to the side. Like, <laughs> recognize that's probably not the best thing to do. Straighten up and basically re- reorganize sort of how you're, you're thinking and just start to make it a habit. It won't be at first. You have to break down the muscle patterning that you've gotten into and start to encourage it. Set an alarm on your phone or every time the song changes on the radio, shift your weight and get into a better position. And if you don't know what that better position is, that's when it's time to go see your chiropractor. Find yeah. out what that better position is. Find out how what the changes you can you can start to make. Or maybe it's not a chiropractor. Maybe maybe even after all of this, you're not convinced that chiropractic is a real thing. Then go see your physical therapist or go see your trainer. Um, you know, just find somebody that's knowledgeable knowledgeable on the topic and and have them make those differences for you. It doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be one specific profession. But get get the help get the assistance that you and make it be somebody that actually know, seemingly knows about right. the human body and whether <laughs> whether that's a chiropractor or not right like you mentioned about you know whether it be a physical therapist mm-hmm. or a massage therapist mm-hmm. or whatever it is like but when when i when you go to your general practitioner who smokes and <laughs> looks like he hasn't taken a lap around the building in 35 years yeah. and he's sitting crooked on his stool and telling you that you're in the all the things that you need to do to stay in such great shape. Right. Um, realize that the source of the information matters and vi- visually judge, like visually judge who you're getting your information from when it comes to physical health. And find someone that's going to take the time to, to look at you as, as an actual individual patient with your own individual needs and requirements. And, you know, that that is it's harder to find nowadays with healthcare being the way that it is. And a lot of people rush, but there are they are out there. And there are other people that will put in like the extra effort um, to really counsel you sort of on the changes that you can make. Um, oh, that so. remi- that reminds me like, an- I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was exciting. Like, the, uh, another interview that I just did um, with Corey Smith. He's mm-hmm. a he's a Highly decorated runner, uh, went to Calvert Hall around mm-hmm. here, and then went to Villanova. And now he's a college and like personal running coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was he was interviewed on episode four of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, he he touched on this about when you're trying to figure out um, who you want to hire as a running coach. Mm-hmm. He brought up a very similar point, which was if you have somebody that's a running coach that also dubs themselves a nutritionist or that also says is like, okay, you want to get in better shape? All right. This is the meal plan that I recommend for my clients run. Yeah. Ironically, cause you're hiring a running coach run <laughs> just because nobody's body is the same. Right. Nobody's metabolism is the same. Right. The person like the, 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 like the 62 year old African American woman that's 275 pounds that just walked in the door mm-hmm. is not going to have the same response to an e- a meal plan mm-hmm. as a, as a 22 year old strapping six foot two hundred and fifty 150 right. pound, 150 pound basketball player yeah. that just walked in. Yeah. But it would if you if you're willing to look at them as an individual, that's when you can actually right. 
and if I could recommend anything similar to ha- similar to what Corey said in that interview and what what Dr. Pam was just getting to now is only r- walk quit walk briskly away <laughs> from any service provider that says this is the program that I do here right. unless unless their angle to that is well this is the program that I offer here if that doesn't fit you that's okay. Mm-hmm. I can make a recommendation to another professional, right. but this is what my specialization is. Right. Um, if that doesn't jive with you, fine. You know, I can get you to somebody else. But for anybody, anyone that ser- that services you in any way, says this is a thing that I think is perfect for everybody. Step back and think about how insane that actually is. Right. Right. And, um, and that is the the one thing that I have most certainly learned in my time in practice and it's it's that just when you think you've figured out what the the linchpin is for every single patient there's the one that all <laughs> set you straight and just basically their body never read the textbook and for me at this practice it's like well if that's with what I'm expecting and what the textbook says is not what shows up on my table then my textbook and my experience gets put away and it becomes what is going on with this patient at this specific time and let's reformat our thinking to kind of suit that. And I do think that there are a lot of professionals that also are are leaning into thinking that way right now too. It is a hassle to have to go and find them. It's a daunting experience to have to find that good practitioner, but it is so, so worth it. It's worth it. Once you once you do have them because your your health, again, if I can I, I can't impress upon it, uh, you guys, enough that your health is, is the best thing you got going for you. And uh, <laughs> take advantage of it and yeah. uh, make the effort to to get everything in line as early as possible. Absolutely. No, yeah, I think... no chiropractic fun intended there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's a good place for us to wrap up. But I want to uh, just I have one last quick question that I like mm-hmm. to ask all, all yeah. the guests. And it's it's a question that everybody's heard so far so far of all the guests. And it's it's one that I kind of stole from one of my podcast idols um strapping strapping gent named uh, tim ferris he likes to ask his guests this as well but um and this can be related to your practice it can be related to your kids it can be related to anything um what because the concept of this show is small moves mm-hmm. like ma- small incremental things that can have dramatic impact over time yeah what purchase have you you yourself made in recent in the recent past uh, that is a hundred dollars or less all the way down to free. It could mm-hmm. be a process. It mm-hmm. could be whatever you want. Mm-hmm. That's had the most dramatically positive impact on your life or somebody in your practice or your family. I mean, it could be a billing system, you know, it could be a cheap annual subscription billing system that has, a, has you actually getting paid from clients that haven't paid in six months because you forgot to call them. Or it could be a new scheduling app with your husband so he knows right. where the hell you are every day. Right. Or whatever it is. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. For me, the most important thing that I have actually started to, to do again is <laughs> just read something completely unrelated to what I do every day. God forbid, a book. A book, like a (laughs) terrible novel or, you know, a crossword puzzle book. For me, um, I need to disconnect. And uh, I think a lot of people get, you get so bogged down and you're attached to your phone and you're so immersed and so committed to whatever your passion is in life that you lose perspective. So I think that for me lately, taking that step back and just turning off my brain for a second makes me a better doctor for my patients. It makes me more present for my family and my friends. And I think that, um, you know, for, for me, just, just having the opportunity to, to take, a, take a step back so that I can really reimmerse myself the next day has is, is been my, my greatest purchase lately. Chiropractic's great, but it's not the only thing that's going on. Yeah, it's, so. like, you, it's like you detach. Yeah. It's like you have to detach, yeah. yeah so what, whatever the device it, whatever the device is that helps you detach, whether right. it's a good book or, or a bad book. App. Exactly. Or, bad yeah. books are great books sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, so it's it's been... Um, it's it's been a a big thing for for me lately. Audiobooks are great too. I me, yeah, I'm, I'm a to, to the to 
you know, rep dead in the sackcloth mm -hmm. supporter of uh, of Audible. I love I yep. love it to death. I've got about 160 books that I've done yep. in this last year. It's insane. It yeah. just yeah. So for me, it's it's about something that'll provide a little a bit of balance, and you know, for me, that's a book. But for somebody else, it might be. A fishing pole, or yeah. you know, <laughs> or, a, or a mindless game on their exactly. phone. Exactly, whatever yeah, it whatever. is, to just take a couple of minutes and shut down and go into into your head, but not in a way that's gonna just drive you in circles and drive you crazy. Yeah. So yeah, that would right. be it. All right, awesome. Well, Doctor Pam, thank you, thank you, thank you my for coming on the pleasure, show. My pleasure, my pleasure. Happy to be um, here. For the people that are listening, if they want to find out more about you or to get in contact with you, mm -hmm. if they happen to be local. Mm -hmm. Or maybe are looking for their base in California, and they have yeah. no earthly idea who to approach. Their, but they like they seem to like your perspective on the industry, yeah. shall we say? Um, how can they get in contact with you? Are, so, are you on the social socials or through yeah, your website? Yeah, so or? the best place you can find me is through my website. It's just www.firststepbaltimore.com. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, uh, First Step. Cairo. Um, and I'm available at both of those places. The email for the office is just info at firststepbaltimore.com. And I'm happy to kind of point you in the right direction of some resources in your area. Uh, despite the fact that chiropractic might seem a little fragmented after this, uh, there are some great networks <laughs> to kind of put you in touch with uh, some individuals that are nothing but supportive and have the best best uh, for their patients in in mind so yeah magnetic healer is not a plan <laughs> anyway unless it's well researched and <laughs> the evidence supports it <laughs> all right well thanks dr pan yeah thank you okay. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Small Moves Podcast with Dr. Pam Woodard, chiropractor. I had a lot of fun with this interview, and I hope you really enjoyed it, too. Just a couple of quick reminders before you take off. Uh, first of all, go over to smallmoves.co forward slash community and read over the show notes for the show and take a look at the links that we have for this episode. And also, don't forget to subscribe to the show on whatever podcast avenue you use, whether it be Google Play or iTunes or Stitcher. Go ahead and click subscribe so that you can hear the new stuff that's coming out soon. Thanks again for listening to this episode, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks a lot. You got this.